Welcome to Daystar, the home of stars. We are excited to have you again, once again, whether you're live in the service physically or you're watching from your homes from anywhere around the world, this is the place to be. And the presence of God right here touches you where you are in Jesus' name. Now let's go into the word. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this time. Um, anoint these frail lips of clay to deliver a word in season. And let the hearers not go back the same. Lord, let use this to push us further into your presence. Push us further into your perfect will. Use this, O oh God, to communicate to our hearts, O oh God what you want for each person. Thank you because no one will go back the same. I see healing. I see miracles, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42, a very, very interesting story there. One that I love so much. Jesus um, told stories to his disciples. Parables, oftentimes that was how he taught them. But the very interesting ones are also the ones that the disciples themselves documented. And there's one of such here in Luke chapter 10 from verse 38. All through this month, we've been talking about the presence of God. The presence of God. And I'll title this, Prioritizing the Presence of God pushing, you know, to be in his presence. Thank you, Lord. So it says that on a certain day, Jesus entered a village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Now you need to understand the scenario here. Jesus had been ministering, he'd been going from one place to the other, you know, ministering to people, touching lives. I would say God anointed him with the power of the Holy Spirit, and he was going around, touching lives, doing good, healing all who are oppressed. So he was busy on a normal day, very busy. And the fastest they could go, of course, was <laughs> on foot. On foot, the fastest he ever went was a donkey. Yeah, I think in one or two situ um, um, situations that was reported. So they came to Ma Martha's house. The scenario shows us that Jesus and his disciples, well, at least Jesus, was friendly, was like a family friend to Martha and Mary. And of course, their brother Lazarus, who we read about in John chapter 10. Martha welcomed him to her house. She had a sister called Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him saying, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me alone to serve? Therefore, tell her to help me. You can imagine her audacity 
uh, probably a commanding tone, a frustrated tone, you know, a tone of, I am right, she's wrong. So Jesus correct her. But she was in for a shocker because it was not, she didn't see, Jesus didn't see it the way she saw it. She was totally wrong at that point in time. And you must feel for Martha because Martha had done well for herself. I mean, Martha had worked hard. She had built a house, um, whether she got a loan, a mortgage, or whether she built it from scratch, but it was her house. The Bible says it was her house and her, Mary, her sister Mary lived with her. So Mary was typically like a squatter, <laughs> hanging on, you know. She didn't have a house of her own and who knows, maybe Martha had you know, use that opportunity to low-key bully her on some days, just low-key, just a little bit. That sense of entitlement, you're living with me. And so you should, you should, you know, do what I say. But it's interesting that Martha did not go to Mary. She didn't go to Mary and say, come and help me in the kitchen, please. She didn't go to Mary and say, okay, you'd rather sit at the master's feet with the disciples, you'd rather sit there hearing the word, hearing the stories, hearing all that he's, you know, would share. Uh, so make sure you take notes properly because later on, when I'm done, uh, you're going to share with me. For in those days, there was nothing like recording the message, nothing like CDs, nothing like downloads, nothing like, you know, so Mary had to just probably commit to memory or maybe jot down, be able to write down the things that, the master Jesus was sharing with her and all of them. I imagine it was a relaxing environment. The presence of God. Mary clung to the feet of Jesus. Mary sat at the feet of Jesus. We're talking about, she valued his presence. She's like, Jesus is in the house. I am going to listen. I am probably going to ask him questions. You know, because that's what we call praying today. We pray, we ask God questions, we listen to what he has to say, okay? And so she was there at the feet of Jesus. Now, Mary was not going to do that, but she was going to distract someone who was doing that. Point one, make sure, ensure that no one distracts you from the presence of God. Ensure that... You know, when you want to spend time with God, get rid of uh, distractions. Be focused. Okay, spend time, quality time, focused time. All right? Of course, spend time too, probably when you're driving, you're commuting, um, you're listening to an audio Bible, you're listening to worship, you're thinking, you're ruminating, you're meditating. You know, times like that can also be used. But this was dedicated. This was focused and so Martha came to Jesus and accused him of allowing Mary to just hang in his presence, to just stay there doing nothing, as it were. Spending time in God's presence is not doing nothing. It is everything. It is receiving strength. It is receiving the words from his mouth. It is renewing. It is restorative being in his presence. But Jesus answered and said to her after the accusation, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. You are anxious about many things, he seemed to say. 
But one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. He said, you are worried about many things. He considered at that time, Martha trying to cook for him, he considered that as one of the many things she was troubled about. He was not bothered about that. He didn't say he wanted to eat. He didn't come into the house and say, go cook for me. All right. He let her be. And the thing about God is that he lets us be. The Holy Spirit is gentle. He does not pressure us. He doesn't pressure us. Even when you hear God's voice or you hear that impression or, you know, that intuition inside you, that it's a still small voice. It's, it's, it's soft. It's not pressured. It's pressured when it's the enemy. The enemy pressures you into haste. Do it now. Go do that. Go do that thing. Most likely that is not the voice of God because he lets us be. He doesn't force us to do things. He encourages us. He knows that we have his word to read and pay attention and do. So Jesus typically was modeling to us that Martha was in the kitchen. He didn't go and call her out from the kitchen. He didn't say, I'm in your house and you're in the kitchen. Come and sit down here and hear what I have to say. No. He believed that that was what she wanted to do at that point in time. The problem was when she now didn't let someone, you know, who wanted to be in the very presence of Jesus, listening to him. Now she didn't want to let that person be. She wanted to take that person away from the presence of Jesus. And Jesus said, oh no, we're not having that. We are not having that. The fact that I left you and I didn't say, hey, come here and sit down, let me share with you, didn't mean that it was okay. I probably thought you were fulfilled, you were happy, you were joyful, you know, while cooking, while cleaning in the kitchen. Okay, so no pressure. But obviously now, it's obvious, Martha, that you are frustrated, you are worried, you are cumbered around on your majoring right now on minors. It's not that cooking is not important, serving food is not important. It is important, but it's, you're doing that at the wrong time. You're doing that at the wrong time, okay? And that's why you're frustrated. And you see, you may argue and say, hey, Martha is better because Martha has worked hard. She's done well for herself, built the house and all of that. But yes, she's built the house. But how do you build a house and you cannot be relaxed in it? How do you build a house and Jesus is in the house and you can't hang out with him? Hello. How are you just so much into works? Thinking that's how you're going to please him. Let me cook for him. So he will bless me and prophesy a brother into my life. This is not calling out singles. This is not, you know, um, 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 painting anyone in, you know, in any bad light. They were both singles, both single ladies. And you can be single and fulfilled. She should have been a happy woman. She's done well for herself, built a house. And she was also providing a space for her younger sister who had, was not there yet financially. You know, or for whatever reason, maybe, maybe maybe just felt, okay, you know, let's live together since we're both single ladies or whatever. But she was the owner of the house. And so Jesus corrected her and said, one thing is needed. My presence 
Mary has chosen that. That's the good part. It will not be taken away from her. Food you can eat at any time. Cooking you can do. But you know what? I'm, going, I'm here for a bit. I'm going to leave again. Maybe after an hour or so, he and his disciples will leave and move on and continue their work. Go after the presence of God. This was great opportunity. Today, we don't see Jesus physically. They had the opportunity to see him physically. And yet, you will not savor that moment. See him physically. You don't know whether it's the one month or two months you would see him. Or maybe the next, for the next six months, you wouldn't see him. Because he was busy moving around. When we spend time in his presence, we're less frustrated about the cares of life. We operate from a place of rest. And that is why when you're in the kitchen, when you're at work, I mean, yes, focus on your work. But there are times that you can, you know, I like to do this when I'm um, on a treadmill, you know, trying to get some exercise in, trying to move my body or going for a walk or trying to lift weights. I don't lift very heavy weights, just a little bit. <laughs> You know, sometimes I have worship music playing or the Bible on audio. Sometimes an audio book. I want that presence. You know, I want to hear good stuff. I want to hear God's word. I want to take that in even as I am getting my physical exercise. The presence of God is a game changer. And that's why when we come, you see, we carry his presence with us if you're a believer. But when we come into an atmosphere like this, a church service, you know, um, a meeting like this. You know, he says, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in their, in their midst. That's what God says. That's what his word says. And do you notice that the moment the worship starts, the moment, I mean, we worship God through our work. We worship God with our hearts and with all that we do. And that's how, how it should be. But the moment... Um, we open our mouths and the people who lead us in praise begin to sing. The moment they begin to sing, the moment we begin to exalt him and, you know, the atmosphere changes. Don't you notice? The atmosphere changes. The presence. It's awesome. And this is without even seeing Jesus physically. He's in our hearts. Amen. And so he was here physically and yet she was going about worried and worried and worried and frustrated and not happy. If I can't sit with Jesus, you have no right also to sit with Jesus. Come out of there. Why should there be two frustrated women in the house? At least let somebody be full of the word. <laughs> let someone at least be full of the word and pumped and be able to sort out the other person when they are having their challenges and when they are low emotionally and when they are sad. Hello. He says, that will not be taken, that which will not be taken away from her. So this is telling us to pursue his presence. This is telling us with tenacity. When you have set aside time, if you say 30 minutes, I'm going to read my Bible. I'm just going to, you know, talk to God and rest. Keep to it, except you really have to, you know, just stay. Stay there because it is strength for the moment and even for the time to come. Because it says in the day of adversity, if your, 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 your faith is, um, um, if you fall in the faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. So that's why he was saying that will not be taken away from her. We are conquerors through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. He has made us conquerors. So 
Jesus wants us, wants us to go tenaciously after him and to hold on to him, to hold on to him. There's another story that I like to read. A woman was plagued with an issue of blood. That's in Mark chapter 5, verse 27 and 28. She was plagued. A certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. She had an issue of blood. We call her the woman with the issue of blood because we do not know her name. See how people label you with, <laughs> we label people by their problems. Why don't we call her the woman, the woman that was healed, the woman that pushed through the crowd, the woman that got her healing, that woman that got her healing, but rather we describe her the woman with the issue of blood. <laughs> Even after she's been healed of the issue, but that is how we, you know, that's, that's how we remember her. May we not be remembered for our problems, but for our victories in Jesus' name. May we be remembered for, 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 for beautiful things, okay? Not people holding on to, oh, that woman, that broke woman, that broke. Meanwhile, you're no longer broke. <laughs> you know, that's just how the mind works. But anyway, this woman had an issue for 12 years, and the issue was the flow of blood nonstop. Women, ladies, you can relate with that. Every month, for two to five days, blood flows, and you're like, oh, this thing again. And then it goes, and you are clean, and you're, you know, you're fine. So you can imagine a continuous daily 24-7 for 12 years. Thank you, Jesus. There's healing in the presence of God. I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know what your issue is. is it may not be something gynecological. It may not be um, 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 something that has to even do with your health. It could be and it may not be. But whatever represents an issue right now, I declare that right now in the presence of God, mountains melt like wax. Mountains melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. I declare that every mountainous problems gives way, gives way in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Jordan saw it and fled. The Red Sea parted in two, and the children of Israel walked through at the presence of God at the presence of God. That's how powerful it is. This woman, when she heard about Jesus, Mark chapter 5, verse 27 to 28, when she heard about Jesus' healing power, that's the Passion Translation, she pushed through the crowd and came up behind him and touched the hem of his garment. This is, he touched his prayer shawl. He touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, if I could touch even his clothes, I know I will be healed. Oof. She pushed through the crowd. She was tenacious about getting into the presence of God. She would not let the crowd deter her. Mary didn't let Martha deter her. But now this woman was faced with the crowd. Of course, the disciples would say, so many people are crowding you. They're thronging you. So many people. How can you say? Because Jesus stopped and he said, who touched me? Because when she touched the hem of his garment, the flow of blood dried up. 
She was healed instantaneously. This woman, you know the story. We can't go back to begin to read the background, but it's a popular story in the Bible. It's, I mean, go read it. It says that physicians, she had spent all she had on physicians. Doctors had made all sorts of attempts. We don't even know if she was now bankrupt. She has spent everything. And, but she heard about Jesus. Jesus shouldn't be our last option. Run into the presence of God when you're in trouble. Be in the presence of God even when you're not in trouble. Hallelujah. When the going is good, like Mary, she sat down and joined his presence. When the going is tough, like the woman with the issue of blood. Sorry, we don't know her name. The woman that was healed with the issue of blood. Long and press into him. I said, Lord, I need you. I need you. Hallelujah. He's in your heart. Cry out to him. Don't let anything stop you. The crowd was there. What represents the crowd in your life today? Crowd means noise. Crowd, crowd represents noise. There's noise all around outside. There's noise in the news everywhere. And there's noise inside us internally. Some of us hear noises in our minds. Our minds are busy. We can't quiet. We find it difficult to quiet. I pray healing for our mental health. I pray healing for our minds in Jesus' name. I pray healing from all kinds of distractions, the crowd. But this woman was determined because she had no other option again. I've spent all I had, even if I still had money. 12 years, doctor to doctor to doctor, surgery after surgery, but this problem was still there. Whatever represents an issue in your life, whether 12 years, 18 years, whether 30 years, whether forever, today in the name of Jesus, ask. You listen to God's word. I declare because the Bible says he sent forth his word and he healed them and delivered their lives from destruction. The thief comes to steal, kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you may have life. Jesus was in the neighborhood and she pressed in. The disciples said, Master, there are so many people crowding you, crowding around you. There's so many people crowding you in, sorry, pressing in on you. How can you say one, someone touched me? He said, I know what I felt. I know what I felt. I know. How have you moved God? In pressing for his presence, in connecting with him, waking up each day and saying, Lord, you're the love of my life. I thank you. It's as simple as that. Open your heart, meditate, and acknowledge him. Thank you, Lord. He said, that was a touch. They said, Master, there's so many people. He said, I felt something. And so as he declared it, as he questioned aloud, who touched me? Suppose I say, many people, are, who touched me? The woman came trembling. She had gotten her miracle. She was healed, and she had to own up. It is me and Jesus. When she declared, signified, he blessed her. He said, your faith has made you whole. She was healed already, but he sealed it and said, you are made whole. But he declared, he called out for who touched him. Why? Not that. It wasn't so that the person could get their miracle. They had gotten it in the presence of God. So sometimes you don't need someone laying hands on you, falling down. No. Yes, there is a time for that. If a minister is led and if you're led to lay hands on your friend and pray for them, that's fine. 
but he called her out in order to prove to his disciples, in order to prove them wrong, in order to prove to them that I know, I know, I know what I'm saying. Somebody touched me. And so he had to call for the person and she had to own up so that they could say, you're right. <laughs> you felt a special touch. And many times we say, Lord, touch me, touch me, Lord. Have you touched the Lord? Touch him by believing him, by hungering for his presence. It is everything. It's the game changer. Thank you, Father. I pray in Jesus' name that everything that would distract us, the crowd, the noise, internal, external, social media, whatever, everything distracting us from having that quality time with God will be taken away from us in Jesus' name. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you, Lord, for your word is powerful. It's encouraging. It's corrective. It brings clarity. I pray, Lord, that we will, more than ever before, long for your presence. Do not take your presence for granted. Acknowledge you in all our ways. Spend time with you. And see miracles and see healings in our lives and the lives of other people. Thank you, Father, that when, even when we come into any given place, oh God, that we will carry that atmosphere and people will know that something has shifted here. Thank you, Lord, because we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people. We're called to show forth your praises. Thank you, Father. We release beauty for ashes and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Be made whole in Jesus' name. Amen.